loud and it's recording. Hello, everyone. This is Emma Dantison. Welcome to my podcast, um, Life with um, Emma Dantis. Today, I have a very, very special guest for you, which is um, great because you must be here tired of hearing me speak all the time. I have my very good friend, Julia Bowser, with us. And Julia is also a board member at um, Peaks for Change Foundation, which um, those of you know that follow me, that um, Peaks for Change Foundation is a charity foundation to try and end the stigma on mental health. Julia today is going to talk to us about her own personal experience with anxiety as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as a Christian, and she's going to share with us her experience, and hopefully um, I'm hoping that we can all learn from her own experience because I know I have very deeply been inspired through this journey. So, Julia, the floor is yours. Thank you. This is an absolute delight, a pleasure, an honor. I thank you so much for this opportunity. I love to talk about the Lord and what he has done for me, what he is doing for me. Um, I love to share with other women about the struggles of life, about suffering, about um, especially in the area of mental health, which... Um, definitely has such a negative stigma attached to it. You are considered to be a little bit crazy, a little bit not to be trusted, a little bit not dependable, certainly not um, part of the mainstream ideology of what is okay. And I have suffered that for much of my life. And so my heart truly goes out to women that are listening that feel in some way that they are just not worthy and they're just less than okay. And I'm here this morning to counteract that strongly. That, and that's why I'm, I'm so proud of you, Emma, and what you are doing. I'm so delighted to be a board member because it, it, it strikes home. It, it's my personal life. It's, it's what I've lived for years. And so um, I'm delighted to talk to you about what it was like for me, what I've learned, what's helped, uh, how incredibly um, wonderful it has been to have the Lord's help, have the Holy Spirit help me in in difficult times, and uh, just a little bit about that. So here goes. It, It was in my early teens that I started having panic attacks, uh, brought up in a a strict British home where those sorts of things aren't talked about. Certainly I I learned as a young girl that certain emotions were not okay to be exhibited. Um, My father brought up in a private school and very strict uh, expectations, guidelines, boundaries, etc. So it was very difficult for me, even as a young girl, even in my own family, to to share honestly about what was going on with me because it seemed it seemed like I was crazy. It seemed like something was terribly wrong and um, I did not want to appear as someone who was crazy. So I used to hide those panic attacks 
I would sit in a corner, I would, I would have them sometimes in the middle of the night um, and not ask for help. It was a very, very lonely, difficult time as a teenager when you're already uh, struggling with your identity and how, whether or not you fit in. So to develop these panic attacks and start having this generalized anxiety was, was daunting, it was really daunting. And it wasn't until I was preparing to uh, go to university that my parents got some help for me. So that, it was about you know, three or four years of struggling, uh, trying different medications. Um, but at that time, definitely you were considered to be um, somebody struggling with a physical disorder that needed medication. And that was it. I didn't receive counseling at that point. It was, it was scary to be um, subjected to antidepressants and tranquilizers, anti-nausea medication because I was so nauseous with the anxiety and sometimes have them so mixed and so, um, you know, taking them together and I would be incapacitated. So by the grace of God, I got through high school, but have so many memories of just, you know, off periods, lunchtime, recess, anything like that. I would just be off by myself, just struggling with feelings and thoughts and not understanding that there was a way out at that point at all. So um, I did start getting some counseling in my late teens. Unfortunately, I did not get very good help. Um, that's perhaps another podcast in terms of, unfortunately, um, not all professional therapists are, um, are ethical or are um, careful or gracious or compassionate in how they offer treatment. And I did see two people that um, I think scarred me. I think made things worse, unfortunately, than better at that time. And so had to go through more counseling to deal with the very poor counseling I had been subjected to. So it gets so complicated, Emma. Um, you're already feeling like you don't have much to bring to the table. You're feeling vulnerable, fragile, really wanting help. And then there, there's such a huge variety of, of help out there. So many different modalities, whether it's um, a psychologist who's looking at behavior and um, stimulus response, sort of you know, learning and, and using behavior techniques or a psychiatrist who's, who's depending on a diagnosis and very much psychoanalytic in, in their approach and using um, mood altering drugs to deal with symptoms. Um, there's uh, cognitive therapists, there's um, brief therapists, there's um, emotive, there's, there's such a variety and I have been to many and it's quite interesting when you bring the same problem to such a wide variety of people and they say, I can help, I got the answer. And you go, yes, oh, thank you, I'm so hopeful. Only to find that um, 
it's complicated. And when you're struggling with mental health issues like anxiety and depression, um, there is no magic answer. It's not as though you can uh, take a pill or do a thing and be 100% better. It's complicated. Yes, for sure, treatments do help immensely. Um, and I do want to talk a little bit about um, treatment. But I think what I, what I really want to focus on this morning is my experience as a Christian. And as a young girl, when I first started having these panic attacks, I had been brought up to go to church, but I didn't know the Lord. I didn't, hadn't read the Bible, didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus at all. But I still, um, as I do believe our spirits do, I responded. I believed in a way, I, I'd look at the sky at night when I was, when I was ill, and I'd, I would believe that there was a God, some, someone who had made the stars, um, cared for me. And so literally it was prayer that I used to turn to for solace and I would pray as a way of responding to the, the tremendous upset that was going on inside my body and mind. I'd be shivering, I'd be shaking, I'd be um, feeling as though I might be ill. Um, very strong symptoms and yet I learned to pray through them and I did learn over time that they would subside, that uh, it was a matter of calming my, my thoughts and my body uh, with, with prayer and with turning to, to God that literally helped me get through the, the really difficult parts of, um, of, of those symptoms. And Emma, I could go on all day, so you'll have to, you'll have to keep me in, uh, mindful of the time because I have a lot to I have a lot to share. So maybe let me know when I've got like five minutes left, and I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll wrap up. But um, I think the huge change in me came when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior in my early forties. My life completely changed. I completely changed. I, um, I got to know God in a way that I had never known him before. I, I got to know him as an Abba Daddy, as a, a loving, gentle, kind, caring. Um, the Psalms talk about him as being merciful and gracious and abounding in steadfast love and slow to anger. And who, who would not want to have a relationship with someone like that? And he proved himself faithful and was that companion to me, that, that rock that I needed, that, that strength, that, uh, that tower of strength, that refuge where I could run. And over time, I learned more and more about how important it was to renew my mind. It talks in, in Romans 12 about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And the Holy Spirit literally taught me how to stop uh, thinking those thoughts and uh, the fearful thoughts, thoughts and the, the gloom and doom thoughts. The, because for a period of time, 
um, in my early 20s, my, sorry, my late teens mostly, I had a, a phobia called agoraphobia, which is a fear of, of fear. So I would literally get myself worked up into having a panic attack, worrying about having a panic attack. So the Lord had a lot of work to do. Um, and uh, he, he taught me to, A, stop those, those thoughts. He taught me to uh, rest in him, to rely on him, to trust in him when I was feeling ill, that he would help me and comfort me and guide me through it. He became, honestly, my best friend, Emma. Um, it's very hard for loving family members to be there for you all the time. And, and I was needy at that point. I, I, I had a lot of needs. I was ill a lot. I felt ill a lot. I um, struggled with health issues other than anxiety. So it was wonderful for me to meet Jesus and um, have him as this incredible constant companion. He promises in Hebrews that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he's proven that so true to me. And so he literally helped me um, stop thinking those thoughts. And it, it talks in Second Corinthians about um, taking thoughts captive. And he taught me to do that, to take those thoughts captive that were not in obedience to his way of thinking. And I labeled it myself fear mongering. And I would just, I would just confess it as such and, and take it captive and not allow it to, to grab a hold anymore. And I would literally get the Lord's help um, through faith to help me stop that. And I also learned the importance of, of being more open because I'd been so closed and so embarrassed about who I was. But as I, as I, when I became a Christian, I, I stopped worrying so much about what people thought and became more open with people about the struggles that I had. And I was okay in being just who I was and who I am, who God has made me. And I stopped being, you know, the, the t-shirts that say, um, I struggle with anxiety. I'm not, that's not my personhood. I'm not a, you know, that, that's not all I am is that label. And so uh, in terms of labeling, Jesus taught me that he loves the underdog. He loves the humble. He loves the, the ones that are, are struggling and feeling like they're, they're nothing and that they're not worthy. He loves people to be dependent on him. That's when he shines. That's when his grace just pours out when we're, we're not self-reliant and we come to him and say, I just can't do this without you. I, 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 I need you. I, 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 I'm, I'm in a mess. He loves that, Emma. He loves it. And you, you know that you're right. And you know that I, I, I'm listening to you speak about fear mongering. And whoever is hearing may just be your experience. But it's so true, Julia. Because if you start thinking of things and you, you start worrying about worrying about things that are going to happen but on the other hand if you just put it to jesus and put it to the lord and put it in his hands and this is how it's so much better it's nothing like the fear that you ever have imagined in your head you know that i've can i'm confided in you how when i'm climbing because i'm so afraid of 
heights mm -hmm. and especially Denali I I had such this big fear of so many things the nun came true I didn't fall through a crevasse I I climbed really high and it was easy for me because the wind stops just because you trust in him mm -hmm. so is exactly what you are saying he is so faithful Emma and he's not human he's God and so he's supernatural he has power far beyond our understanding and so when we reach out to him he he helps in ways that we can barely understand because they're so amazing but I've I've had so many of my prayers answered for myself and family and friends and I believe so strongly in the power of prayer that that's where God works and that's again he loves he loves to be in relationship with his children he he loves us to talk to him and and reach out for him when we're in need and wow mental health is such a struggle it it's an invisible thing it's a it's an internal thing it it has um it 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 feels like you're bound up often it feels like you're pushed down and squeezed and um the lord has just been so helpful and kind and gentle with me when i am in those kinds of states to just be with me and to encourage me not necessarily i mean he has on occasion completely stopped a panic attack in the middle and it was just like a supernatural calming of the sea it was incredible but more more than that he has so often shown himself to just be with me his presence is there and just knowing that he is with me just gives me this incredible sense of peace and and hope and um and joy that he loves me and is there helping me. So yes, absolutely, Emma. So often what, what we fear and, and how negative we are about ourselves or how frightened we are of things in the future um, are really a waste of our thinking. God truly wants us to uh, rely on him, to trust him that he, he is the way that he'll open the paths um, of righteousness for us, that we just have to walk through them, walk in them. And, oh, he's so quick to, to forgive because I mess up every day, I, every single day in how I think and act. I'm always needing to go to him and, and ask for forgiveness, and he's so gracious to do so. Um, and the other thing, Emma, as a Christian that is so wonderful is the realization that this is just a brief time that we spend here on earth, that we are going to be with him in eternity. We're going to be with him in a place where there is no crying, there's no tears, there's no pain, and we're going to be together, and we're going to have glorified bodies. We're, we're not going to have mental health issues when, when we go into the next life with Jesus. And so there's this tremendous sense of of hope and expectation of, of so much more. And, um, and his word says in Romans um, 8, it says, you know, for I consider that these um, momentary, um, the momentary suffering is not worth comparing to the incredible glory that is gonna be there for us. So it's, it's what we suffer, although 
as humans um, and in our own selves, it feels so huge, especially uh, if you're having a panic attack or if you're depressed to the point where you can't get out of bed. It, it just feels so huge. But God's word helps put it in perspective that, um, yes, these, these are difficult afflictions, but they're momentary in relation to the timeline of eternity. We're, you know, we're blessed if we're just, if we're here for 70 years or 80 years, and then, and then we have an eternity to look forward to where we're, we will be in glory. And how can we possibly understand that? We can't, but it's a promise. And it's a promise that I, I believe because God says so. So in terms of the sufferings, the suffering that we're going through, there's always that hope of glory that just keeps us going. with us Do you, um, and we only have about five more minutes then um, what how do you do you think that uh, with anxiety for all of us that suffer with anxiety and you mentioned about medication and I know that I, 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 I happen to know some people that don't want to go to the doctor and grab medication and be prescribed how, what would you say to the to them to to that woman to that mother on if you don't if they don't feel comfortable taking meds in what way would you tell that woman that mother to go and how to speak to jesus how to find that peace for help how to ask for help and i would just um i would recommend that you start always with prayer it doesn't matter what, what it is, you're, um, whether you're lamenting losing a job or you have a difficult decision to make or you've got squabbling in the family or um, something's happened in, with your career, your job, whatever it is, God wants to hear about it. He wants you to go to him with thanksgiving, with, with a humble heart and just pour it out to him. He is there to help. He truly is. He truly is sovereign in control of everything, Emma. And he, all he needs is for us to go to him, acknowledging that and ask him for help and to leave it with him. And medication is a very personal decision. And I think, um, and I have great respect for the medical profession. And I think there are so many reasons for anxiety that it's really important that a person be thoroughly checked by a doctor to see whether or not there are any physical um, reasons why the body is reacting in this way. Um, there, I'm, not, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not gonna say what I was going to say, but I, I think that's very important, Emma. And I think biblical, I am studying to be a biblical counselor and I, I know that counselors very much respect um, the, the professional recommendation and diagnosis of doctors regarding anxiety and depression. And it may be for in certain circumstances for sure and for certain periods of time that medication is definitely uh, warranted, needed, and called for. Um, and there's, as you know, as we've talked together before, there are so many other parts 
to a, a healthy, balanced life that um, that can be of help. So, it, as I said, being honest and open with friends and family about how you're really feeling, joining support groups um, of people that have like experiences is so good for the heart to know that you're not alone, that you're not crazy, that other people have exactly um, the same kind of um, experience. So, um, and of course, you know, there's alternative treatments, there's supplements, that there's all sorts of things, exercise, good, you know, an excellent diet, and proper rest, so many just important um, everyday considerations to keep our bodies as healthy as possible, which I think is really important for people, especially people that struggle with uh, mental health issues, that um, they keep their bodies, uh, they're more aware of the importance of looking after their bodies is what I'm trying to say. So I, I, have, I have great respect for, um, for the medical profession. So yes, I, I would recommend for sure that you always get checked out by a doctor and, and just make sure that um, everything is physically okay before making a decision on whether or not you want to take um, prescribed medication. And, and that is something I would, again, I would pray about and think about carefully about whether or not you want to go down that road. And if so, for maybe just a short period of time, because they, unfortunately, um, medications you can get very dependent on over long periods of time and it's it's harder to 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 wean yourself off once you you've been um, taking something for a very long time so it's important to be mindful of that absolutely emma absolutely Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to bring glory to you, to speak about how you have impacted my life in such a powerful and wonderful way. My heart goes out, Father, to all those who are listening and are struggling and, and feeling so alone and isolated and hopeless. And Father, I pray that they might be encouraged through what they have heard this morning, encouraged to reach out to you because truly you are the only answer. You, only you, Father, who created us, know us better than we know ourselves, have the power to heal. So Holy One, I just pray for everyone who is listening that they would just take a moment to reach out to you, to pray to you, to, to say that they need you desperately and, and want you to come into their lives because as I have been able to say this morning, you have completely changed my life and I am a completely different person thanks to you. So Father, thank you for giving me this opportunity. We pray this in Jesus' precious name, amen.